<laughs> Hi. Hi. It is July. Ah, oh, yes. Today is July 1. Today is July 1. We are giving you the June recap. Mm-hmm. The June. All things June. Junio. Junio. Exactly. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Ms. Wendy. How you be? I be good. How about you? I be good, too. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. How was your Pride Month? Were oh, you pride-filled? I was filled. I was so prideful. I was mm-hmm. full of pride. I always get a little confused because technically June is our Pride Month, but in San Diego, our big Pride weekend is in July. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like we're on a delay. Yeah. Well, it's like we get to extend it by like two more weeks. So We do. We do. So when the rest of the country stops being gay, San Diego we're just getting started. continues on. Yes. We're just yes. getting it started. Nevertheless, we persist. Exactly. Yes. TLC is uh, headlining the festival That's this right. year. T-Baz and Chili. T-Baz no and Chili. No left eye. No. Oh, R.I.P. Oh, you oh. wouldn't see. You took it to a dark place. I know. But it's still proud. Pride. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Go T-Baz. All right. That's cool. Um, so we're we're gonna recap June in all of the arts glory for you, right mm-hmm. now. Want to know what we're gonna talk about? Right off the gate. Want to know? Do you wanna? Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna talk about the Tony Awards, <gasps> y'all. If you weren't gay before June, yeah. Now you'll be gay. Yeah. Because the Tonys happen during Pride Month. That it's is a, not an accident. It's a pretty gay. <laughs> I mean. Pretty gay episode. I mean, there's that. And then we have to talk about Queer Eye for the Straight Guy season due, mm. which came out mid-month and wrecked the entire country. Mm-hmm. Then we need to talk about the RuPaul's Drag Race season finale, which just happened this past week. <sighs> there's so much to say there. And then I have some things I want to cover you have some things you want to cover in your nerd corner. Yes. And then, um, yeah. So should we get right into it? Let's do it, should Wendy. We, should we recap some Tonys? Oh, my gee. Now, Tonys. Untitled Friends, you know I love me a goddamn award show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's it. Yeah, you better listen. It's it. I mean, there it is. It's the Broadway Tony American Theater Wing mm-hmm. presents. Yes. The excel- Antoinette Perry. Excellence in theater. Mm-hmm. And this year was hosted by Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the two of them as hosts? I thought they gave us what we wanted, which was they sang a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I just want them to sing a That's lot. That's what they're good for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're also funny. They have some comedic chops, which yeah. we got to see a little bit of. Yeah. Um, I felt like the Tonys overall this year felt quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just felt a little toned okay. down, you know, and I think that, you know, that's maybe a trickle down effect as, as like looking at who their hosts were, but it was also kind of a quiet season on Broadway too. Yeah. It wasn't like, there wasn't too, there wasn't anything that was like, ah, like mm-hmm. just... You know, it, yeah, it was definitely like a quiet season. It was more subdued. In, it was more subdued overall, but there were elements that were like, bah! Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, the big winner for the night was the band's visit, which is that kind of quiet, mm-hmm. subdued show about waiting. Yeah. So I think that set the tone. <laughs> it really is. It set yes. the tone for the whole night, you know, and it was winning every fucking award. So like... Yeah. 
I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go see that. But yeah. if I was like, I was starting I to guess. live for the theme they were playing when the bands would, I know. Like, doing, like, oh, <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, yes. yes. But then every other show that was not the band's visit had like a glittery gate tap number in it. And mm-hmm. I was here for it mm-hmm. because I don't know if you know this about me, Untitled Friends, but I enjoy musicals that are gay to the max. <laughs> G to the A to the Y to the max. Correct. <laughs> you just took it there. You are so fucking extra. <laughs> you know why? Because I have G to the A to the Y to the max. Can that be our new theme song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Art Time of the Month. G to the A to the Y to the max. This is Art Time of the Month where Joe is gay to the max. <laughs> G says. But really, we're just talking about art time. Yes. Like periods. Mm-hmm. So, because <laughs> we didn't mention that up front. <laughs> if you just got it now. If you're joining us, <laughs> our time of the month refers to menstrual cycles. Yes. But also all of the crappy art we see. Yes. Which we, you know, we both have menses. <laughs> we do because you are gay to the max. Yes. So anyway, I like my musicals covered in glitter and tap mm-hmm. shoes. And preferably with fairy wings. And there was a lot of that this year. There was. There was. There really was. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So throughout the night, one thing that I loved was the hashtag Tony Dreaming. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the entire night, people were posting to social media mm-hmm. pictures of themselves as small children dreaming of this Tony moment. Now, this is something we talked about in um, our May, our May time of the month. Mm-hmm. Um where we were talking about like just this idea of like the Tonys being like every theater kid's wet dream because it is what we watched growing yeah. up, like mm-hmm. aspiring to like one day be on Broadway. And, and so I think like the idea that everybody who's involved in the American theater wing was once that faggy kid yeah. that like needed that, you know, is such joy to celebrate so i love that and then i like for the different presenters just posting their pictures of them in like yes you know in the drama in at in their high school plays was just also really great totally 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 i took notes during the tony uh let's hear it girl do you want to hear my my running commentary okay um so the Tony Dreaming hashtag was fun, fun. The Mean Girls performance. Mm, okay, right. Here we go. Like right off the bat, opened with Mean Girls performance. I was, I am excited to see Mean Girls on Broadway, but then I saw the show's performance and I was like, is this going to be a waste of $200? <laughs> I don't know. It was giving me very much Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. Yeah. Like, I've listened to the soundtrack through. Like, it's a cute soundtrack, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's Kish, I think. I don't don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'll I'll see it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But... The performance was cute. I didn't think it was groundbreaking or anything. Yeah. But it was cute. This wasn't like going to be on someone's like best Tony performances YouTube playlist. As noted by the fact that Mean Girls did not win shit. No. It didn't win anything. However, unlike Escape to Margaritaville, which is closing (laughs) today. (laughs) Closing today. Yes, I predicted that two months ago. I was going to sure say, did. I'm like, you are throwing the shade at the... I'm sorry. <laughs> to Margarita Whatever, Bell. Jimmy Buffett. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, 
if you're a parrot head, this is not the podcast for you. Yeah. I'm just going to redirect you to another one. So go ahead. Um, but the I do think though that though it didn't win, I do mm-hmm. think it'll it'll live a life at least through mm-hmm. the holiday season and probably close in the the new year. But I will I do think that Mean Girls will have a shit ton of success touring and in regional theaters and yeah. it'll be fully produced in high schools and I think it's going to live a really long life after its yeah. Broadway run. I just don't think it's it's not going to run for like five years on Broadway or anything. I watched it with Gaze, which you know I was mm-hmm. very happy to find a tribe to with which to watch our our high holy day our mm-hmm. our, our mass ornament if mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. and um i there was some speculation that they broadcasted the 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 award for book because they thought that Tina Fey was going to win mm-hmm. which and then she didn't and it was like ah yeah and then she didn't she did not. She did not win. Yeah, book. she didn't win anything. But I like that she introduced Mean Girls and said, mm-hmm. "This is the show that paid for my boat." Yeah, that <laughs> which, was really great. Which was fun. Um, Angels in America was the most Tony nominated play in Broadway history. Mm-hmm. So that's just let's feel the weight of that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Go Tony Kushner. I mean, certainly within the canon of American theater that play is a tome and yeah. stands alone within. I um, I just read, we read that for my book club because I, I had never seen or read Angels in America. Bad gay. You I are not know. gay to the max. Now I am because I read it and I watched the HBO thing and I need to find, and apparently they're doing it in San Diego soon. So I need yeah. to, I need to watch it now. They but. have done it in San Diego too. They did it down with the rep a couple of years ago too. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's powerful. There are pieces of it that every time I watch it, I'm like, do I understand this? And like Mm -hmm. part of me, you know what I mean? But it's still like just so much respect for like the, the tome that it is. Um, I think my favorite line, and I've been telling people this, my favorite line so far is when the angel says to Prior Walter, the swelling of your penis is of no consequence. I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it really isn't. Gay to the max. Yes. Gay to the max. Josephine, my goodness. Okay. Lori Metcalf won her Tony. Yay, Yay Lori Metcalf. Especially because you came out of the shit show of Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you landing on your feet after the Twitter shit show. <laughs> That's what you get for working with Roseanne. I mean, you had to know what you were getting into with that, right? Way to go to not use your platform to talk about the issues. Right? (laughs) I mean, let's just... Tony's on pause for a sec. Let's talk about the piece of garbage that is Roseanne. Um... No. <laughs> See, I I've never watched the show. I didn't watch the show in the first run. I've never seen an episode of Roseanne. I can't even tell you what it's about. And and I'm like, and not because I don't like her. I just like it doesn't seem like a show that I would like her. I've just never. It's just never been in my circle. And then when it got rebooted, our friend we have a friend, James P. Darvis was all like, "You need to watch this show. It's amazing. It's great. It's the best." And I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it because I just I'm not interested in it. It's not anything that I want to. To watch and then I'm so glad I did not. Yeah. He um so I watched it in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I 
did not watch the reboot because now I am of a political mind. Um, the In the 90s, it was groundbreaking, really, really groundbreaking. And it middle class life had not ever been examined that way yeah, and, or, yeah. and portrayed that way. And it was honest. And it also covered like a wide range of issues that nobody talked about. It covered domestic violence. It covered like um, all kinds of everything like racism, alcoholism, like there was tons of stuff, you know? Um, and it, it was told in a way that was like real mm-hmm. and funny mm-hmm. and honest and it was good. Right. And we, America got to see like a, um, like a family that struggled, you know, but like still stuck it out. When it rebooted and we all knew that Roseanne was batshit crazy, shame on us because no, I don't need to see your bullshit. Sorry. Sorry, Roseanne, you're a racist piece of garbage. So bye. Anyway, because she got on Twitter and spewed her racist Nazi bullshit, um, within one day, ABC canceled season two of Roseanne and her agency dropped her. Yeah. Like complete Hollywood shutout yeah. now. They're talking about moving on with with the show and re- kind of rebranding it as the Connors and not with her, but like the I mean, show was her name. So it's like yeah. whatever. Anyway, Lori Metcalf was really who we watched the show for. Let's get back to her and her Tony. Wayne. We love Jackie. We love Aunt Jackie. And so Lori Metcalf. Good for you. Congratulations on your Tony. You should have known better <laughs> than to get into bed with that kind of yeah. Republican bullshit. But everyone on that show did. I mean, like you had Whitney Cummings and then you have Sarah Gilbert, who's like openly, you know, an openly queer woman. You know, they they really tried to they push the envelope. Tony, they, yeah. they really they wanted to say something and they needed Roseanne to do it. And then it all got fucked. And it's like, OK, well, you guys should have. It's like, well, if you know, we shouldn't be surprised that it happened because mm-hmm. look who you got into bed with. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want to like save space for racism and shit here. So let's move on back to Tony's and back to big gay, happy time, big gay, happy time. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So can we move into the, my fair lady performance? Mm. Can we talk about Lauren Ambrose? Because lots of us know her from six feet under and from can't hardly wait. I did not know that she was like a crystal clear soprano. Lauren Ambrose was in Can't Hardly Wait? She was. She played Denise, the kid who slept with Seth Green in the bathroom. <gasps> what? Yes. That's Lauren Ambrose? Yes. God damn Oh it. my gosh. Yes. yes. No. Yes. Oh, mind is blown right now. You're welcome. This is why we have each other in our yeah, lives. Yeah, she is very good. She was like amazing and who the hell knew i did not know that she had those kinds of singing chops so i was like real excited about that and um and also then of course norbert leo butts was like so much fun and like that was a really fun performance i don't know how thrilled i am to see my fair lady again because it's such a like dated classic Mm -hmm. but but also like i kind of sometimes like really enjoy when like the classics come back to broadway and 
they live yeah. a second life like that, you know? And I think they're, they, they say that it's like a different take that they're doing, you know, they're doing something different to it or something like that. That's addressing the kind of complicated quote unquote complicated nature of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It would, it looked like I would, I was, I looked at them like, I would totally see that. Like it looks fun and it's, yeah. you know, you never get to see those old shows you, when you see the, you know, my friend Eric is always talking about like, you got to see these kinds of old shows because they're done really well uh-huh. when they're in that space. And, yeah. you know, you just, people just don't do them anymore like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So Billy Joel made an appearance at the Tonys and introduced Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Who won that special Tony Award. Mm-hmm. Um, also won the special Tony Award was um, John Leguizamo who we saw a little bit later on in the evening. But John Leguizamo and Bruce Springsteen were both nominated for special Tonys that that honored solo performances. Um, This was Bruce Springsteen's first time on Broadway. And apparently it's like amazing and an amazing evening of storytelling where it's just kind of him sharing his stories. Um, None of it's really memorized. He has like a prompter there and Mm -hmm. like you could tell he was reading his stories and playing along and all of that. But like it was a lovely moment, but again, definitely contributed to the like hush of Broadway night. Yes. It was very like, I was like, is he still talking? I know. I was like, is it nap time now? Like I, I would be down to sit in a theater and listen to Bruce Springsteen talk and play all night for Mm -hmm. sure. But like for a moment at the Tonys, it just like, it kind of did something that like mellowed the whole yeah. evening. It's like everyone took an edible and was yeah. all like, Ugh. yes, that's it. All of a sudden I totally felt high. Um, what is going on? I know. I was like, is he still going to say, I was like, what if he doesn't sing? What if he just plays the piano talks and then stops and goes to commercial? Pretty much. Right. <laughs> um, Titus, Titus Burgess introduced the Tony that, uh, Lindsay Mendez won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun win. She won for... Carousel. Carousel, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, which might be the only good thing to come out of Carousel because, <laughs> holy shit, that performance was boring too. <laughs> you mean the chorus of faggy dancers? I know, right? Wearing like cod pieces and like blow me down or whatever it was. Yeah. I was like, guys, like... I know. Really? Like, there's some interesting choreo there. I get it. But Carousel is one of those shows that like... I say this with love because, listen, Rodgers and Hammerstein created the sound of music. Hands down, the best. So, done. So, there. Yeah. I'm not, it's not up for discussion. I've said it. There. It's true. It's fact. Um, And come at me if you disagree. (laughs) Come at me. Get up in my face. But I will say, Rodgers and Hammerstein, like, a lot of their shows we're just kind of examining just that daily life, right? They mm-hmm. did it with Oklahoma, the South Pacific. Like they chose a community and they wrote a show about mm-hmm. it. That's what they did, you know? So Carousel is that with some racism in there too. Yeah. How, you know, fun. Just, you know, gradually working it out. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to know your thoughts on, and I feel like you're going to have more to say about this than I will, the SpongeBob performance. Oh, God. Um, What are your thoughts there? I, well, I thought that was, I was like, 
this is pretty ingenious how they're using, you know, the character, the character of Squidward is basically who that guy was and how, what he was nominated for, who was nominated for playing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of like this. <laughs> like, I kind of like this. This is very much, um, it, it's very much, it's very Broadway. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it could be, it has the potential to be like the next, like Lion King almost. Like it's, and by what I mean by that is like, it'll run for a while for a specific like kid family audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really cool how they did all the staging with the extra legs. And mm-hmm. that costume was like bananas. Yeah, good. that was bananas good. And then the one of the one of the gay Broadway actors I follow because I'm gay as fuck is um, yes, he one of his tracks. He's a swing. He's a swing for that track. And mm. I'm just like, dang, like that's a lot to that's a lot to do as just one. That's your only job. Can you imagine when you have to learn like five other tracks for that? Yeah, that's nuts. So, I mean, did, did it make me want to listen to the music? Eh. Do I remember any of the music from it? No. Nah. But, you know, it was a fun number. But it's entertaining. And again, yeah. a big glittery gay chap number. Exactly. It was like a couple years ago when Disaster the Musical and like it was the nun who she was nominated for like featured actress, but it was like an unforgettable song, but she nailed it and mm-hmm. it looked fun. Like that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. You always need that kind of one number where... You know, it's the only person who's nominated yeah. from that from that from that cast. And again, I stand by the fact that like the soundtrack mm-hmm. to that show, which I still have not listened to, but the roster of artists who contributed to that book of music is like insane. Yeah. So it's a really well crafted show. Yeah. Again, we got like none of like, actual the actual actor who plays SpongeBob. Yeah, completely. So Except I guess for the that whole show bit, is yeah. just all cotton candy and cool. Yeah. Um Okay. I am here for Frozen. <laughs> Frozen the musical. I saw their pre-Broadway run in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't want to pay two hundred dollars for it in New York. Mm-hmm. But it was phenomenal mm-hmm. to see on stage and they pull out tricks that are like amazing, mm-hmm. like really, really insane, beautiful stuff. And Cassie Levy sings the fuck out of that part in a way that Adina Menzel's can't, oh, you know, yeah. it was just so, she like so unhinges her jaw and she just, does. yeah, you know, lets it fly. Yeah. 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 And like the the just the look on her face when she like takes that pin out of her hair and throws it, I'm just like yes, because I've seen her do it a couple times now, uh-huh. and oh man, every single time she's like, yeah, I'm littering every <laughs> every time. It's just, the tricks in that show are just like mm-hmm. they're they're placed so mm-hmm. beautifully, and they are done in a way that like make it count and they mm-hmm. elevate the show. They're not just done for stupid shock value, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. And I love their Kristoff. He's so handsome. Mm-hmm. He is so handsome. Yeah. All of them are. I mean, it's amazing. The chick who plays Anna is really great mm-hmm. too. She mm-hmm. has comedic chops that are amazing. I just, I love, I really, really enjoyed that show. And the more I see clips of it now, mm-hmm. the more I'm like, that's going to be a really long running show. It's going to be yeah. like the next Matilda, you yeah. know? Um, oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, especially like going into the holiday season, like nuts. It'll be nuts. Yeah. 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 Jack Thorne winning best play for Harry Potter. They didn't let Jack Thorne talk. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember this yep. moment? Mm-hmm. So Harry Potter and the Cursed Child won for best play, uh, best new play, because Angels won for revival. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, and because that was written by J.K. Rowling and Jack Thorne and a third, someone, yeah, a third person, third person, Jack Thorne went to step up to the mic and they cut him off, and I was like. Uh, no. 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 No, not classy. Not classy at all. So, fuck that noise. But we but we gave like five minutes to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> we gave, no, we gave Bruce 15 minutes. Let's be real. He took up a good chunk of airtime there. Yeah. Um, I do need to talk, I feel like the greatest injustice of the Tony Awards this year was the fact that Alex Newell was not nominated for Once on this Island. Mm-hmm. As noted by the fact that they performed... Um, and the entire world got to see what what they do with that part. Alex yeah. Newell crushes that role. Yeah. And sings with her guts. Yeah. In such an amazing way. And yeah. yeah Haley, why? Haley Kilgore is great. And I mean, because they could have easily done Waiting for Life because that's Haley Kilgore. Like, you know, that's the mm-hmm. T-Moon song and T-Moon is nominated. But to also give you a flavor for how what they do with that show, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, you know, it just makes the most sense to have, you know, it just like you can't I can't picture anyone else doing that role no. because and he, in the round he with the sand it. and the elements and the water yeah. and the goats and there. The goats. And like, yeah, I know. It was just lovely. All of it. Yeah. But Alex Newell, though, and even Neil Patrick Harris got on Twitter and was like, why wasn't Alex Newell nominated? We're going to talk about Neil Patrick Harris in a little bit. Oh, are we? Yeah. Yes, we okay. are. <laughs> all right. That is really all I have on the Tonys. I think that they were kind of a yawn this year, but mm-hmm. in a way that it was like, you know what? Theater can be a yawn and still be important, mm-hmm. you know? my See, so uh, I'm fu- funny. You should you, you didn't mention things that I thought you were going to mention. Which was? Um, well, one, I want to mention Tony Kushner shouting out um, Judy Garland's birthday like the little faggot that he is. Oh, oh God. I word. Fucking, I love him so much. Um, word. So that and then the Parkland students coming out and the teacher like... Uh, <laughs> I, I Look at my face. I am looking at your face. Look at my face. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, you know, doom, doom, here's the thing. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> Let me go off on a tangent about rent real quick. I don't like go. rent. Yes. I realize I'm betraying my tribe when I say that I don't like rent. Um, rent is not my jam. It has never been my jam. I saw it when it opened. I thought they were all screaming. I hated it. And... I can appreciate it again for what it is. I also feel like it only kind of became what it was because of the controversy of Jonathan Larson dying right before previews, et cetera, et cetera. But like to see it live when it opened for me, it was not all that. Now, if you talk to our friend James, he was like at preview number one and was in every audience for that whole first week that they opened. Like, the Jimmy James? Yeah. Oh. And he was a little older, too. And so he talks about, like, seeing it and, and the importance of it, like, during that time and all that. I'm like, that's great. I was annoyed by it. <laughs> like, and he was like, he was like, I saw it 15 times. I'm like, well, good for you. I saw it once and that was plenty for me. You see this head? This is a rent head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I love that the drama teacher at Parkland was honored with the Tony because Mm -hmm. she did craft 
a department full of kids who know how to start revolutions and speak and like and turn shit on its head i love that i did not need the moment where the kids came out and saying i didn't need that Mm -hmm. that's my thought do you know what i needed i needed they could have they should have they should have broadcasted her speech yeah. They should have broadcasted her speech. I hate that they don't broadcast those speeches or the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Yeah. They didn't broadcast Cheetah Rivera or Andrew Lloyd Webber. Come on. What the F? Like, come on, guys. I know. That was fucked. Yeah. And just like, could they have done another song? Like, could... It was just... Yeah, right? That's it. I felt like for them to come out and sing Rent mm-hmm. was like... How cliche can we be? It was also very like you are the drama department from, you know, like it was very much doing that. But like what, like could you have done another song? Like could you have done another song? And I don't want to throw a shade at the white girl who took the black girl solo, but. But. But there I said it because girl, did we earn that solo? I don't. She was like you when she when she stepped out and she was all you got to you got to remember the love. I think I was with the gays and we all clutched our pearls like I, like no you don't get to do that girl. It was and then she was like sharp and pitchy and like again I get that this is your moment, yeah. but let us not capitalize on our school's tragedy to have your moment of fame here. Like she. Yeah. I, at the whole thing, like it was just like it was so blatant. It was such a blatant. I, it just felt like it was almost in poor taste to me to have them come out and like feel yeah. showcased like that. Yeah, it was like an, because it's already you know there's already asterisks asterisks with for me like honoring the Parkland teacher that seems very asterisks asterisks. That's where it should have ended. Yeah, but it should have ended there. Like if 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 at the very least. If they had submitted a video of them singing at their school, or them in a rehearsal, or in a or rehearsal, yeah. or like kids test giving some sort of testimony, but yeah, I was very like I loved the moment. It it plucked the heartstrings it needed to, but like it just felt just so blatant. Yeah, no. And speaking of political moments at the Tonys, Robert De Niro. <gasps> yes, <laughs> I forgot about him, but I didn't forget about him. Um, so he. Came Came out and said, fuck Trump, and the whole world goes apeshit. And I was like, I love Robert. Because he's been saying fuck Trump forever. Since day one. Since day one. And he's like, he's not a New Yorker. Like, all this stuff. And, oh, God. Robert De Niro, man. I mean, it's just... it. Every time we think it can't get worse, though. Yeah, it's getting bad. It gets progressively more and more awful. Joshua and I were talking just now about which camp we hope we get into Mm. and to make sure to bring our shower shoes. Like it's, that's, you know, because, you know, if we're, if we're not laughing, we're crying. And this point, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really awful. But yeah, so that and then, you know, I love um the speech of the 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 man who once supporting actor in a musical or featured actor in a musical where he was like, you know, I am half Arab and I've been ashamed to br- I haven't spent time with my family because I'm yes. ashamed of it. That was pow- that was so powerful. Yeah. And um Talking, uh, Tony Shalhoub's acceptance speaks, talking about coming from Lebanon, yes. his family coming from Lebanon. And like, I've, I've been listening to the soundtrack for, for a band's, for the band's visit. And it is very like, it definitely set that tone. Like this is very subdued. 
Yeah. This is very subdued, but it's just... But as reflective of our time. Exactly. Like, it does feel subdued. I will say that, like, in watching this community stand up and, like, the resistance is strong, and that is something I'm always proud of, you know, that, like, all of our people, like, n- no one's giving up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and anytime there's a platform, we're taking it, mm-hmm. and we're speaking on it, and, you know... And like what yeah. two weeks after the Tonys, you know, we put kids in concentration camps. So, fuck, you know, it's fuck that. Fuck, yeah. exactly. Okay, back to the art time. Yes, because art is how we resist. Mm-hmm. Fuck Trump again. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um. Okay, so yeah, I mean, and yes, and so Robert De Niro came at the end, at the very end, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, and that was kind of how the evening ended with his yeah. his protest that was censored and all. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah. Um. So Tony's. Thank thanks, you, Tony's. Thanks, American Theater Wing and Antoinette. Thank you, Antoinette Perry. Thank you. Um, shall we move on to Queer Eye Season Two? <laughs> you Queer Eye Season it, Two. You get into my life. You. Get into my life And the world is on it And the world never looks so right It's you You, you bring, bring out, out the best, best in me, me. <laughs> Get in the All things just keep getting better Yes, they do They oh, do Oh man Okay <laughs> So Queer Eye Season 2 Came out mid-month And everyone got their box of tissues because this is what Queer Eye does to us now. We need the gays uniting us yeah. and loving us through these terrible times. And episode one with Mama Tammy. Oh, in gay Georgia. In in gay Georgia, literally. Mm-hmm. The town of gay Georgia. Like... Could could you think? Could you imagine that if you had, if you were a fan of the first incarnation of Queer Eye, that if if we knew, if you had told us then, or told me then, that like this show in about a decade is going to t- be rebooted to a place where it is going to be the emotional, like mm. <laughs> the heart of culture right now. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that when it first came out, though, mm-hmm. it did this a similar thing mm-hmm. then you know it definitely shifted the culture then mm-hmm. and today it's definitely shifting the culture again you yeah. know it's shifting us but it's also like really grounded because yeah. you have yeah it's just providing us with this yeah. humanity that we so mm-hmm. desperately need right now so what's interesting about season two is they kind of expanded their their wheelhouse right mm-hmm. they for the first time make over a woman mm-hmm. Cisgender woman they made over a trans man. Yes, hey Skylar. Yeah, Skylar was cute too. I would. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was there was a lot going on this season, and I think they only do what like nine episodes per season. It's like eight or nine because they they I did read that they shot the they shot these episodes at the same time that they did the first one. So oh, okay, so it was it that was interesting too because. You have them shooting these episodes at the same time that they're doing the first uh, first eight episodes. So it's they don't have the um, 
they haven't they haven't had times to like sit with the success and sit with mm-hmm. the cultural impact it's having. Yeah, they're having they're you're finding all of that out if you follow any of them on social media, which I do some of them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, who are we kidding, Jonathan and yeah. uh, Anthony? Uh, so you so it's like that's interesting. So like seasons three and four will be even more interesting to see because now that they are this phenomenon that they're very firmly rooted in the culture. And they understand like the scope of their reach. Exactly. It will be interesting to see how far they branch out because they could go somewhere else. Like it Mm -hmm. would, it would behoove them. I would feel like to go to a different part of America um, instead of just staying in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be really interested to see. And, and I would also love to see them stay in the South. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that like, when you hit up major metropolitan cities where gay culture is alive and well, like it doesn't do you any favors to keep queer eye in New York or Mm -hmm. in, in LA or in, you know, even in Atlanta proper, like the city of Atlanta. Yeah. So like, I love that queer eye was always kind of on the outskirts of, Mm -hmm. of Atlanta and rural rural towns in Georgia and like keeping in the South and really kind of working with, Mm -hmm the men and or persons who need mm-hmm. this love, this infusion of gay love. See, I want them to go to the Midwest. I want them to go yeah. to, I want them to go to Kansas. I want them to go to Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. Like I want that them. That would be interesting. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I shouldn't just say the South, but I mean in rural places that like that places are, that are red. Yeah. <laughs> places where, yeah. Definitely they, red States. Definitely not major metropolitan cities. I yeah. think that'd be really dope. Um, I think they all had lovely moments in this. Mm-hmm. You know, they examined church. They examined. Oh my God. When Bobby couldn't go into that church. Bobby like refused to go into the church. And even after knowing, like, I love this woman so much, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to stay out here. Mm-hmm. It was just this respectful, quiet kind of protest. And, and even by the end of the episode and him saying like, I, you know, I'm still working on it, but yeah, you know, well for him to just be really honest and say like, I was an angry kid. Yeah. Like I was angry and I'm like, yeah, because that's something that that's something that link that lives in um that lives in uh, queer people. Like, there's this just this anger. I mean, hello, hashtag the vixen. Like, come mm-hmm. on, like this. There's like we'll get to that. Oh, there's yeah. an anger that we you, there's an anger that we have, mm-hmm. and then there's ways that you deal with it, or you try to find ways to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. like, that was really interesting for him to just be like, I'm good. I'm gonna stay right here. Mm-hmm. And and also within that episode, talking mm-hmm. about queer people of color. Too, mm-hmm. you know, with Karamo having his moment with Tammy's son, who is gay, that was like that interesting connection there too. Was mm-hmm. that Tammy being so active in her church, but also coming to terms with the fact that her son was gay and welcoming him back home? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's just so like, yeah. there is good. There is good in the world, and not all religion mm-hmm. is about Republicans, mm-hmm. and not all religion has an agenda, but. It should be about love and kindness. Yeah. And Was there any other makeovers in the season that you wanted to talk about specifically? Um, the burner dude. <laughs> he stands out to me. Um, yes. Let him go to Reno. I was just like, you, I know you're going to miss him, but let him live his life. I was like, right away, I was like, this boy isn't going. He doesn't have a flight booked. Like, everybody was throwing him this big, like, hoo-ha going away party, yet they just completely redid his home. Yeah. And he has no immediate plans to leave. He hasn't packed up shit. 
Yeah. Like, he's not leaving, and your best friend's in love with you. So, boom, there you yeah. go, and you stayed. So, huzzah. Huzzah. There you go. So, yeah, and I'm also always kind of fascinated with, like, the burner culture, because, like, <laughs> it's so foreign to me, but, like, I understand that, like, like the identifying with, like, my people, and mm-hmm. I feel this, like, when I'm at, like, the Sound of Music sing-along at the Hollywood Bowl, like, th- that is my burning man. I get it. Those are my people. Like, they, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but no one's, like, burning, like, the <laughs> burning, like, count the Baroness in effigy or anything. But. No, but I understand, like, the, yeah. like, the sub sets of like the community that I belong mm-hmm. to I by no means feel like the sound of music identifies my community but you know what I mean like <laughs> I do know what you mean when there yes. are events that like bring like-minded people together I yeah. feel like I'm you know us I'm not talking yeah. about like alt-right rallies or anything but you know what I mean I think the two <laughs> that I want to bring up I want to bring up the young liar <laughs> um, um, the the kid who was the liar um, oh. who didn't finish college. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was just like, Oh man, like you, <laughs> that's you, you came out to your mom in a different way, but you like, you know, that when that happened, she was like, if these cameras weren't here, boy, she would I have would skin him alive. The yes. shit out of you. I remember that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that dude was like lying about I, the dumbest shit, like yeah. right and left with a thousand cameras on him. Yeah, it's just like, and but like at every point they were like, no, no, no. Bobby was like, no, 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 no. Didn't you say? No, and you now you're said. not here. So, uh, yeah. and they they were just like, we are calling your shit out. Like, we are gay. We are out of the closet. We are living honestly. And come, come yes. here. Yeah. And the other one was the 18 year old. The 18 year old. The singer. Who had his name emblazoned on jackets. Oh. <laughs> Yes. See, when you binge them all in one day, mm-hmm. they all kind of start blending together. But let's talk about that sweet little boo-boo chicken because so... he had he had his name in sequence on all of his jackets. Mm-hmm. Bless it. Boo-boo, are you ever going to get laid? Bless it. And that's the no. thing. I'm just like, I'm looking at him and I'm like... Why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Forever why? Uh, I just... But then, like, him trying to make friends at the paintball was, like, the yes. saddest thing to me because he is so, like, not socialized. No, because he, like, his, the, the thing that just was the most interesting watching him was how quickly his face would go from, like, yes, I'm listening you to you to, ha, it's like smiling, and then back, like, yeah. this emotional quick change of just, like... Hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh, I don't know what's going on here. If this is a, you know, not a neurotypical situation or if it's just you just haven't been socialized because all of your friends are like decades older than you. Yeah. Um, We can talk about the trans man episode too. Skylar. Yes. Um, I thought what was interesting about that was a like. That 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 episode opened with Skylar's top surgery. Yeah, that they oh they filmed it and then like this them watching it. They filmed the the Fab Five watching top surgery, mm. and I think what that did was it set this whole tone for the entire episode that the Fab Five are learning too, mm-hmm. and that there's still a lot about their own culture that they don't know. And I think that like Tam kept saying like I've never met a trans person, and there's mm-hmm. so much about the LGBT community that I don't know and you know and like all of them saying like there's there's more we should be doing within our own community. So. Yeah. I just had a conversation with someone about this and it's it's 
it's something like, it's like, I understand, like, I understand on a very visceral level what that, like, I don't want to be, like, he, you know, it was a safe space and Tan could ask those questions, but I also understand when it's like, well, I don't want to answer your questions because I want, you should be educating yourself. But at the same time, like, no, like, if you have an opportunity to illuminate somebody and and say your experience and not, like, you know, not mm-hmm. speak for your kind, but definitely say, hey, this is my experience and that's not the experience that other people have, but this is mine. I feel like these educational... This might be a controversial opinion, but I feel like these educational opportunities should be should be taken. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that, like, you know, he hasn't read anything or like or even from even for myself, because it's like I'm still very much like I am ju- I'm still very much making myself aware of the issues that face the trans community. And how can I how can I and, and it's very interesting to have like to be a part of the quote unquote LGBT community, but to also feel like I am an ally, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm in the community, but I also feel like I'm an ally. Mm hmm. And, and that was very interesting. The other thing that was very um, interesting too, and this is one of my favorite things, is that Bobby was saying, Bobby saying to Skylar, you know, being queer, being gay is a pillar in the house of Skylar. It's not the whole house. It's yeah. not decor. Like you, this is something that you are, that's a very, you know, they're talking about how like, you know, that early twenties pride yes. phase. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cause I did go through that, but I'm also, and part of me still feels like I'm going through that, but it was just very, it was very nice to hear someone have a metaphor for like, you know, you don't need to be waving a rainbow flag all the time. You don't need to be wearing it. Yeah, you don't need to be wearing it. Doesn't it doesn't need to be on the walls of your exactly. home in every room. Yeah. It can be who you are. It can be it can be a facet of your life, but it does it's not necessary. It's not the main part of who you are. Mm. So that I appreciated. Yeah. So well done, Netflix. Again, yes. I mean, keep them coming. The the Queer Eye series really needs to be like biannually now. Yeah, like you need to, to do more. There has to they're quarterly. Yeah. Whatever. They need to release more episodes. And I like just because we need it. Yeah. Like the country needs to feel yeah. empathy and love and kindness. Yeah. Make it a regular weekly. Like, come on, folks. We're we're okay with that. We need it. Yeah. So Netflix, good on you. Keep it coming. Um Okay, let's move into drag range. <gasps> Start your engines. Okay, so we have our top four. They are Eureka. Mm-hmm. Eureka was the only one in my life, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was, well, yes. There's Eure- Asia. Asia O'Hara. Aquaria. And Cameron Michaels. And Cameron Michaels. I think we all knew up front, like, Cameron Michaels, like, meh. No, she could turn a look and she could and she did she was a lip sync assassin yeah um but you know as far as like you know if being the like epitome of drag for the year mm. no she'll work yeah. a lot and you know she probably will go to all stars maybe i don't think she'll probably bend to the creme that but <laughs> no but yeah. yeah um aquaria what i mean <laughs> You know, I just love skinny white boys can win everything. Aquarius also 21. The youngest drag race winner ever. Yeah. So, oops, spoiler alert. She won. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was in it for Eureka from day one. I've been, I mean, really since season one, I've been saying that a big girl needs to win. Yeah. 
Where is our big girl winner? Mm-hmm. Where? RuPaul, get me a big girl winner. This needs to happen now. Um, and I thought that Eureka just did really, really well throughout yeah. the entire yeah. season. And fuck the vixen. And growth, like a lot of growth and a lot of like internal, you know, like a lot of, I mean, they really gave her an arc Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Um, The vixen was super angry. The vixen was very angry. And I, and I think that the, one of the moments from the show that was great was like the Asia O'Hara mentoring her episode. And I really hope that. I really hope that the anger that she feels and perceives and all of that just, you know, I, I hope that she's able to grow from it yeah. and, and find what it is that she needs in order to, to move on. Yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, and there's a reason that she didn't make it to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, Should we like just backtrack a little bit to the reunion and talk about her storming out of that? Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? So they brought up, you know, I mean, the thing about RuPaul is that RuPaul will just call it. (laughs) Just be like, like, so how do you feel about that? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I mean, it's it's a show and everything. And and the situation between Eureka and the Vixen, I'm not familiar with that conversation. And they showed that footage because I don't watch Untucked. And I don't watch Untucked primarily because I don't I don't want to, I don't feel like I need to see the like extra angry conversations that go either. on. So I, I don't watch yeah. Untucked. But when that happened, I was like, you know, it just seems so reactionary. Mm-hmm. And the, here's the thing, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, she's another angry black person or whatever, but because I know that that all comes from a very real place of trauma and that comes from a very real sure. experience of, you know, living on the South side of Chicago sure. and being a drag queen mm-hmm. and, and, and seeing like other lesser queens getting success over you that are happen to be white and all that. Like I get, I can empathize with all of that. I yeah. can see where she's coming from. However, mm-hmm. after she left, when RuPaul talked, talks about um when RuPaul talks about like you know I'm from the same place too and I know how to act and all that stuff and like it depends if you're um if your end goal is to get to a RuPaul level then you definitely I mean to use Ru's words you gotta step your pussy up you gotta know you gotta know how to act when you're in the rooms yeah and that's what Ru does and call it what it is call it she sells out call it whatever you know because I read an interview with uh with the vixen that she gave when that she gave to a uh, online magazine that came out after the reunion that kind of like, you know, claps back at all the things that happened. I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, like it was, Mm -hmm. you know, you, they producers produce moments, but you, at the end of the day, these are words that you're saying that come out of your mouth. You said it. And you know, they edited a certain way, but they, you said it. I just, I, from the beginning, I didn't understand her beef with Eureka. Mm-hmm. Like she just, from the onset, like set out to attack. Mm-hmm. And, and while I understand that like she came from a place of anger and that that is rooted in something very real, it was just a lot of character attacking. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you're allowed, you talk, like you're being, la- it's like, yeah, 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 she's loud. Yeah, she talks. Yeah, she takes up space because she's a fucking man dressed as a woman. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm a man in a dress, bitch. She's a man in a dress. She's, a, she's also like a fat man, like yes. huge Southern in yes. a dress. Yeah. And like, 
that takes courage. And that also is a journey. And Eureka also has plenty to be fucking angry about. So like respect her journey too. So anyway, that was my noise about that. Flashback to the Drag Race finale. Mm. Okay. Um, we have to talk about Asia's butterfly <laughs> Butterfly <killer>. gate. <laughs> butterfly killer moment. Um, it was traumatic to watch. <laughs> yes. Asia O'Hara lip syncs against Cameron Michaels. Round one. Yeah. Excellent okay. choice, Cameron. Cameron Michaels, lip sync assassin. She's out for blood, right? There are two Janet Jackson songs about to go off. That's cool. So Asia, first of all, when they came out presented in like their lip sync outfits, I was like, the fuck is Asia wearing? She had like torpedo tits out to wherever. Mm-hmm. And like, she just looked like she was wearing a thousand garbage bags. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? As they lip sync to nasty. Asia starts unscrewing her costume pieces to release butterflies. This begs several questions. The first of which is, how long have those fucking butterflies been in there while you've been standing under hot lights waiting to lip sync, you fucking murderer? Then, as she (laughs) unscrews these costume pieces, the butterflies are not flying away. They're sitting attached to the bottom. So she starts blowing them (laughs) so that they'll fly. And instead of them flying, they fall to the stage. Mm -hmm. The stage which she's currently dancing on. Yes. So now everybody's watching this in horror. And I loved that the camera panned to the audience to show like Queen's stage left, (laughs) house left, like in horror horror like cracker like, in front of monique hart and their faces and were they were like, like stop <laughs> stepping on the butter it was fucking traumatic to watch and then she unscrews her cities to like release more butterflies but like it was not an aha moment instead the netting falls to the ground like so now she has like old lady saggy tits <laughs> with like butterflies desperately clinging to them trying to like stay safe and uh, it was fucking horrific to watch yeah it was just like it was so uncomfortable you have the songs you know what songs it could be why did butterflies play into that i was like like, no even if it was mariah carey butterfly like there was no way that that was going to play and it doesn't look good on television no especially not like that not in a big audience No, no there was i don't know what it's like you wanted a stunt and you went for it, but like it failed miserably. So bad. And that's like also at this level of season 10 finale, you know, you're lip syncing live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't think you would have had a test run. You don't think you would have known that maybe that wouldn't have read on camera. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that like butterflies like releasing from your breasts won't read on camera. Instead, it just kind of pans to a really horrific audience, like horrified audience. I was so disappointed and just really fucking appalled (laughs) watching that. We were all like, no, no. And then Cameron Michaels like scooches over stage right. So she starts kind of up saying, we're like, no, stay away from there because you're going to step on the, the butterflies. Like all the butterflies were all over the stage. And for the rest of the night, you kind of saw like a few of them flying up in and around the lights. It was so bad. It was so awful. What the hell? It was 
boo-boo shit. <laughs> real, real bad. Rue looked flawless, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, Aquaria wins. Blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. And Aquaria really went for it. Like, went for it the way that, like, a 21-year-old drag queen would. Just balls out. Mm-hmm. Completely all over the place. Jumping around like a bean. Like, mm-hmm. it was... It was nuts. And whereas like Eureka was very controlled. Eureka knew her words. Here's what I appreciate. Aquaria, 21, but no, she did her homework. She knew the Janet Corio. Bless her. Mm -hmm. Cool. Eureka was like, I know my skill set. I know what's in my wheelhouse. I know I'm not going to be doing it. No Janet Jackson if choreography. Mm -hmm. Right. So she went upstage and she did the slow walk with the unzip (laughs) during the Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So instead, you have Aquaria like dancing like that, like doing like all the tutting like mm-hmm. across the front of the stage, while Eureka just did her slow walk down stage, and it was like such a perfect juxtaposition of like yeah. the two styles. But I was like, Eureka takes that moment right there. Yeah, she slayed it. I loved it. That's uh, what I got. So right. kudos on ten, 10 years, a decade of drag. A decade of drag. And where was Tammy Brown? Where was Tammy Brown in yeah. the first, in season one? I like that they did the full circle. Yes. They brought back. Yes. I was really hoping Bibi Zahara Benet would brought Tiki Tiki Tata, but you know, we. <laughs> she didn't. She, she was like, and I am wearing the crown. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am wearing this crown. Yes. Till she dies. Eat it, bitches. Yes, yeah. I am wearing this crown. Even though she only won like $20,000 or something in her first year. So. <laughs> That's right, girl. Yeah. It's all good. She bought like two gowns with it and she's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love. Miss Vanjie. Vanjie had her damn moment. Vanjie, I will say this. Listening to Vanjie talk at the reunion, like, I was like, Vanjie, is that Pitbull under there? <laughs> no. She real hard. She's like, she, y'all, I'm like, she lived a hard life. She has lived a hard. She is hardened. Yes. Vanessa yes. Vanjie Mateo. But bless I'm you. I'm here for her. So mm-hmm. what's up? Okay. We have now a couple of little things to get into. Just mm-hmm. like a few, like a Wendy's corner and a Joe's corner okay. to get into. Wendy's corner. Here it coming to you now. What was it? Wendy's puppetry corner. Wendy's puppetry <laughs> corner. <laughs> pulling people by the strings. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about two things. Um, I want to talk about <laughs> gay to the max. <laughs> gay to the max. Jesus, eight, what max? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna talk about Mr. Rogers. It's you I like. No, um, that's, <laughs> that's one of his songs, Mr. Rogers. It's you, it's you I like. But. The name of his movie is Mr. Rogers, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Why are you so laughing? Because what if the name of the movie was Mr. Rogers, It's You I Like? I'm just like Listen, I, it could be Mr. Rogers, <laughs> It Is You I Like. That's like what it, that's like its Chinese name. <laughs> it would get translated. You have to make it racial. It's not. It's you I like was the name of one of his songs that he sang with all of the babies that but came it, on a show. But it still made it still makes sense. So like it gets it'll play in China as like Mr. Rogers. Don't you do that, Joe? <laughs> Super Don't fantastic. you make a thing out of my childhood? Don't you dare. Like, I would like Untitled Friends. Joe is heaving with laughter right now. He is like uncontrollable, like 
full body Duchess of Sussex laughing. laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Full Duchess of Sussex laughing. There it is. It's you I like. You just calm yourself. That was the name of a song, Josephine. God damn it. Sorry, I'm taking too much time from your corner. I mean, you're just rude. Rude. (laughs) Anyway, um, Won't You Be My Neighbor was the amazing, like flawless documentary on Fred Rogers and the work that he did for uh, 50 years, 60 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not seen this movie and you are in your queer eye off season and you need to believe in humanity, go and see this, find your local art cinema where it's playing and go and see it. Um, it just it really documents his whole journey and how he came from ministry and uh, decided that he wanted to to work with children and, and minister in this way instead and teach love through children and through children's television this way. And so they just, like, they depicted so beautifully, like, how different this show was and why it was such a cornerstone of children's television. And then Fred Rogers' own kids are in this documentary and they're like, for someone who was such a staple in American television, Fred Rogers hated television. He hated what the rest of TV was doing to kids, you know, when they were teach talking like guns and cartoons and like violence and he like he hated all that shit. He thought it was so bad. So he instead like felt that the work he was doing was so much more important and they also like talked a lot about how he worked with puppets and imagination and love and all of that, but how he was also really comfortable with silence and, and teaching kids that like there were these moments of silence on his television show that were totally okay. Like where he fed the fish or one time he wanted to show kids how long a minute was. So he set a timer for 60 seconds and like they just watched the clock for 60 seconds in silence. And that was okay. <laughs> like it was just so. I was like, like "Are we going to do that now?" <laughs> no, we're not going to do that now. But like, but that's that was the nature of his show. Like mm-hmm. there was calm there, and there was peace there, and there was just this this love. You know, it was mm-hmm. just, just the fucking best. That's it's exactly what the world needs now. Yeah, Fred Rogers. And for anyone who works with kids, to know that like, like. Th- Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street obviously had such an influence on on so many of us, but I I remember Fred Rogers episodes very very vividly and a lot of what he did was really radical and really political and really um very honest about mm-hmm. what was happening in the world at the time. So he wasn't afraid to talk about what was going on with the Vietnam War and what was going on when there were race riots happening. And he and Officer Clemens like put their feet in the pool together at the time. That was racially so radical that he and a black man put their feet into the same pool together and that he washed this man's feet for him. And like he just led with love. Every single day and in the best example. And so anyway, that movie just crushed me dead. It was beautiful and, and go watch it. The other thing I want to talk about since we're athletes, Joe, Mm. Josephine and I are totally athletes, um, is we manage to work it in every month. We do. We talk so much about sports. Um, the ESPN body issue came out. Now I love a good magazine 
And I love the body issue because it's naked people. Mm-hmm. So bring on the naked people. I love this because it's inclusive. They talk about um, uh, and they show f- full naked bodies in their sport and in the movement of their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see all different types of bodies, old, young, bigger, smaller. Um, and so softball, female softball player who's like a little thicker, um, fully nude, older football players who are like 40, 60, whatever, like seeing their nude bodies, seeing Adam Rapons, like young, fit body, fully naked on skates, you know? Um, I just think that that, it, again, it's representation, but it's also like kind of a yeah. really exciting moment too. To mm-hmm. So yay, naked people. Yay, naked people. Adam Rapon's butt dimples. There you go. Adam yes. Rapon's butt just got a song. How exciting. Mm, I bet it's got more too. all right joe's big gay corner joe's big gay corner you have a song for this one right do i you can just make it up joe's gay corner yeah (laughs) joe's super gay yeah that's queen okay (laughs) um what i want to talk about i went to las culturistas live which is a podcast las culturistas um they are two uh, gay comedy comedians, com- uh, comedy writers, comedians, artists that are living in New York. They're friends from their days at NYU, and a lot of the people they bring on have an NYU connection, which is really great. Could let you get to learn a lot about uh, NYU creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do this um, at the end of every episode with their guests. They do this segment called I Don't Think So, Honey, where they rail against culture for a minute. And it could be everything from like... I don't think so, honey, you know, I don't think so, honey, Neil Patrick Harris, or I don't think so, honey, this, that, and the other. And so what they do is they do live shows where they bring out 50 comedians and in the course of two hours in groups of five, each one does one minute, I don't think so, honey. Mm. So this is the first time that they brought it out to Los Angeles, which was earlier in June, around June the 12th. And it was at uh, this uh, very interesting uh, music venue in Echo Park. So I went with my friend Katrina and it was exactly what I needed it to be. Like nice. it was so much fun. And it was also like it there, it was a moment where I was like, this is very LA because there were like a lot of people there that have like some notoriety. Like I stood next to, I stood in line for a drink next to a guy who's on like two Netflix shows <laughs> and, um, other various, uh, queers of note were there as well. Um, you know, the comment was made that, like, I hope that one gay stayed home as the designated survivor because they were all <laughs> <laughs> they were all there That's awesome. that night. Um, so, yes, that's Les Culturistas Live. And while I was there um, and also two days before that, I went to the Jim Henson Experience at this museum. Puppets, um, puppets uh, <laughs> intersection, Wendy's puppetry corner, and that was really great. It was, um, uh, it was a smaller traveling version than of the permanent exhibit that's in, uh, in Brooklyn, the mm-hmm. Museum of the Moving Image. But that was really great to see, just like his development of how the puppets evolved, and like Rolf was started as like Purina Dog Chow, mm-hmm. and then like moving on from there, and his other kind of experimental things that he did too. Um, and then they had like set pieces from the Muppet show mm-hmm. and, 
just it was it was a lot of fun i thought about wendy the whole i sent her pictures and she's like why am i not there with you <laughs> um i've seen a lot of that exhibit actually mm-hmm. in the uh there's a puppetry museum in atlanta yes atlanta mm-hmm. um and so i've i've been there and there's a huge jim henson experience there mm-hmm. so i've seen a lot of what yeah you're describing already, but still, I just, every time it's just like, oh my god, but that's it. In the same exhibit, uh, in the same museum, there's an exhibit on the 100th birthday of Leonard Bernstein. Mm-hmm. So that was also really fun to yeah. to be there. Like you got to see his, the stool that he could, would compose on, and the stool that he would compose on was belonged to um, Brahms. Mm. So he would like. So that was really interesting because, like, from his studio, they brought like his desk and then also the stool he would like compose and conduct on in, in when he would be at home. Wow. And it was a it was an antique stool that like Brahms, I think, used to own. It was some some one of those like yeah. really classic composers. Wow. And I was like, dang, like that's just it just the you know, it's always interesting the thought that gets the 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 things that facilitate the creative process that other notable creatives use mm-hmm. to kind of channel and be a part of their history. So that was really and and then you could also get into a booth and sing America. <laughs> so like you'd like get in the booth and record your record yourself singing America. I know you do exactly. It's like all these white people yep, going in there being like, up. I like the I love Manhattan. <laughs> um, um, and My then Lord. very quickly, um, also that came out this month is the new Tony Collette vehicle, the horror, the new horror film, Darling Hereditary, which you can, I'm, that, that's all I'm really going to say about it. Um, cause you can hear, um, me and my, uh, other creative partner, Joshua talk about it on Fright School, which is my mm-hmm. other podcast. Uh, Did you want to, um, do we want to end our pride, pride month podcast with Pose? Yes. Oh, yes. So Pose. So Pose also started, which is uh, Ryan Murphy's new FX, um, the last kind of show he's going to be, original program he's doing for FX. And it's um, basically, it takes place in the 1980s in New York, and it looks at the uh, queer ball scene. Mm-hmm. Um, very Paris is Burning. You I definitely recommend watching Paris is Burning if before you watch Pose so that way cuz it's they reference it heavily but also the like the current mothers of the houses that are in Paris yeah. is Burning are like consulting producers on it Janet Mock our lady J are producers on it um, and it has like the largest trans cast that's ever been ever, ever mm-hmm. been on screen and it deals with Issue, trans issues in a way that is very beautiful, but also very poignant and very timely and very tragic. Um, it's also got James Vanderbeek playing playing um, a Trump underling because a lot of because a lot of what he um, James Vanderbeek, Evan Peters, Kate Mara, they play like these white characters on a, like living in another part of New York City. But Evan Peters and James Vanderbeek, they work for Trump in Trump Tower for the really? Trump for the Trump organization. Ooh, okay. Now I need to. I feel like I have to go home. Which and was just watch like it's 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 exactly what you think it is. James Vanderbeek like opening up a gold box and like cutting lines of coke on a mirror. It, it's fuck yeah. Just you know, very. 80s. I mean, as we all did in the eighties. Exactly. I was five, but still. <laughs> 
I opened my gold box to do lines of coke. Yes. So that's sure. it. And I, I encourage you all to watch it. It's still very much on and Billy Porter's in it as nice. uh Love. as the as the MC of the ball scene. Yes. And Category is Exactly. And it's just so beautiful and wonderful and it's very good. I love it. Here's the other thing I love. I love that every month we're like, yeah, but what what really happened this month in art? And then we get together in this space and we realize, oh, a shit ton happened in yeah. this month. And we have a lot to say about in art. It. And we are some catty bitches who have lots to say about shit. So mm-hmm. also, by the way, Neil Patrick Harris came for Rachel Bloom <laughs> at the Tonys. He he posted a tweet. I don't know, I can't believe you haven't heard about this. He posted a tweet and said Gideon just said who's that woman on who's the woman on the television he she says like a lot you know and basically he's making fun of her punching down in a very in the very worst way and then she replied to him on Twitter and said hey Neil um, you know I'm a huge fan in fact we've met before my husband worked on how I met your mother for five years Ah! and wrote this particular point episode we have a picture of you in our home like oh my god so and then and then he like proceeded in another tweet saying oh you know how's backstage blah 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 like you know uh-huh. he later apologized in a more formal way but she also was interviewed by esquire or gq and said that like you know that was really heartbreaking because she loves neil patrick harris and is very proud and very honored to be at the tony's doing anything she'll yeah. never present because she's never performed and yeah. she's never been nominated yeah, yeah. but that's the thing is that like it was a whole thing. So he that he had to like come for her he in a way came that was so unnecessary. Yeah. Exactly. So and I'm, I'm not saying that this is like Neil Patrick Harris is canceled, but you know, he does <laughs> need to check himself. Yeah. Check your privilege, gay white man. Um that being said, I mean I'm sure that I that's interesting because I wonder like was that posted in in the spirit of like, this is something funny my kid said and that kids notice that someone says like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But like, had he stopped and thought, no, this is someone I know. Yeah. Probably forgot he knew her. Exactly. You know? And that's the thing. That's the, what's awful. The that's worst part of it, it is she called him out as like, we've met before many times. We have met. My husband worked with you. You know, and fuck politeness. I want to say that. Yeah. Because I, I have, <laughs> I've had this experience with, I I think we all have where you meet somebody Mm -hmm. and you've met them now more than once and they like continue to introduce themselves to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I know who you are now. This is the fourth time we've met. I have started calling people out on it. (gasps) I am no longer here for that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. If you've met me once, cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need a reminder of my name. Like the second time we meet. Or at least acknowledge that we've met. Yes. Hey, we've met before. I know, I know you remind me of your name. Cool. That'd be fine. But to completely forget that we have met and been like, hi, my name is so-and-so with hand outstretched. I'm sorry. I'm not here for it. You've met me four times now. We've been introduced several times. We hung out at this person's party. I need all this tea off my And we... (laughs) Run in the same circles, so you should know who I am, because I know who you are. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's disrespectful. I need all this tea off my... I will tell you this, but um, 
that being said, like I just check people on it now and it's fun to watch them like squirm. It's mm-hmm. fun to watch people like, oh, but you look different. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. No, nope, I sure didn't. Oh, but your hair was different. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You're just being rude. There, I said it. So people should know people. If someone's in your life, know them and, and honor them and honor that space. And you know what? And how dare they not know who you are? Be a good person. Mr. Rogers would. Yes. So there, the Fab Five would. They'd know my name. Yes. So there. Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles would. They'd know our names. They'd remember you the second time around and the third time around. So fuck it. Anyway, that was a tangent and an angry one at that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. What do we have on July? Category is July. Um, well, I think we definitely have to talk that? about Pride in San Diego. We will talk about San Diego Pride. I am going tonight to see the Lorax at the mm-hmm. Globe. Uh, so more puppetry corner for y'all then. I I think it'll start in July, but I'm really uh, if if I can't catch the Tempest at the Globe, I also want to catch um, I want to catch Much Ado. It's one of my favorite Shakespeare's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comic Con is coming up. I leave that all to you. Which Emma. will be like I'll just Wendy will leave and get a drink, and I, for thirty minutes I will I'll just go and talk get my about, nails done, and y'all can talk. But I'll talk about Comic Con yeah. um, and Gay Pride, and yeah. I mean, if yeah. other things will probably pop up, but you know, um, on the end of July, I'm going to Denver to see, uh, the U S tour of Les Mis, which mm. one of my oldest, oldest friends, Nick Cartel is playing Jean Valjean in the U S tour of Les Mis. So I told him, I was like, boo, I'm getting on a plane for you these days. So I'm going to go see you out of town. So I'm kind of seeing some friends and then we are going to see Les Mis. So, um, so some news on that maybe. And yeah. And whatever else comes up, I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll discuss. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Hey, untitled friends, June has been real and let's do this again in July. Want to bleed again in July? Yeah. <laughs> let's have another art time of the month next month. Bye. <laughs>